Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Yay. Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like just really excited energy right now because I don't, I've said this before on episodes where I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be good. (laughs) Um, I posted a question about resentment in a coaching group that today's guest and I are both in. And, um, Wendy, I don't actually remember exactly what your comment was, but I went to your Facebook profile and I read these words and I was like, Oh, (laughs) I'm very curious. What, what happened (laughs) there? (laughs) I help people suffering a loss, reclaim a sense of aliveness. Now this was, it might've just been last week. It might've been two weeks ago. I can't remember from the time that we're recording. And now that I'm reading that again, I'm like, wow, this has been a theme of my clients this week. I actually, I had a call last night with somebody for very first call. Mm -hmm. And I, and she was explaining to me how she spent 35 years of her life since her abortion, like basically rejecting joy. Mm. And I was just curious. And I said, like, if you had to guess a percentage of those 35 years, Mm -hmm. percentage of the time that you actively blocked yourself from feeling joy because you didn't deserve it, you believed you didn't deserve it, what Mm -hmm. percentage would that be? And she said 70 70% of 35 years. So I realize this doesn't sound like resentment, but so many of my listeners lose their aliveness after their suffering and in their loss. And I think like that is just my life's mission is to like bring back that joy bring back their lives. So (laughs) I think what happened was we had the conversation about resentment. And then I went to your page and I was like, oh my gosh, resentment and the loss. Like, this is my person. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so glad. Like I was like a little bit giddy when we were having like thread chat. Holy moly. So I haven't even introduced you. I am going to let you like really like, who are you? Why are you here? So you tell my audience, who are you? Like, who are you? How do you want to introduce yourself today to the listeners? Thank you. Hi. First of all, my name is Wendy Sloniker. It's just a mouthful of consonants. Go ahead and just play with it in your mouth. That's fine. Wendy Sloniker. I'm a grief coach uh, and grief can happen. Like there's plain old life events that can spark grief and feelings of loss. Death is not required. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's just a time for more support and not less. We've done plenty of trying to do it all by ourselves or do it in secret or do it in some way that's not really working. So let's try something. Yeah. Yeah. So as you were introducing yourself, I went back to the original Facebook thread. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just about a week ago. And I had said, my question was, (laughs) okay, all my (laughs) question said is resentment. Who has the goods? Who loves talking about it? Because, and when I go into a group like that and I ask a question like that, it's because it's a theme that Mm -hmm. keeps popping up um, in either my community or my social media or my clients. And so, um, 
a place that my clients, their resentment often first pops up is like in especially heterosexual relationships where, you know, he gets away easy. I did this for him and now I'm grieving, like whatever it is, there's like a lot of relationship resentment. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what stirred this conversation. And then somebody actually recommended you in that thread (laughs) and they said, I highly recommend Wendy Schlonaker. Did I say that right? Did I play with it in my mouth? Thank you for playing. It's awesome. (laughs) She has an amazing resentment melting process. Mm-hmm. Come on. I just finished my package with her and I feel like a carefree version of myself. I think so many listeners right now don't even remember what a carefree version of themselves feels like. Like that part of them feels lost and gone. They're partly what they're grieving. Some of them are grieving that pregnancy, whatever mm-hmm. they I call it, right? Mm-hmm. That, that baby, that pregnancy, that experience. And then a lot of them are grieving who they were, who they thought they were. Like they yeah. don't, they don't feel like themselves anymore. And so loss of lost. identity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Huge. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So now that I have really remembered all the things that brought us here, um, where do you want to start? What feels like the thing you want to talk about first? Well, since resentment melting is out of the bag um, early on, some listeners may be like, that is such bullshit immediately. Um, <laughs> please, please just stay here. Like try it on. You don't have to believe it. It's totally fine. And there may be some resentments that are being carried that are more ready for that kind of loosening and shift. Yeah. Like the biggie, whatever the biggie is. And it Mm -hmm. might be your abortion and it might be something else, or it might be multiple losses that include this life experience. Yeah. What I love about the word melting was this, is this your word or is mm-hmm. this her word for you? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just such a good word because I think the reason I'm probably so in this work is because I have a natural tendency to go like black and white. Mm-hmm. Like you either have resentment or you don't have resentment. And the melting word is just so beautiful about anything we're really working through in life because that's more of what it is it's like it's not like what's the one tool that's going to help me eliminate resentment it's like how do I start melting away some of the suffering some of the pain I'm experiencing oh my gosh I'm so Um, glad you said that because it's it's an evolution based on life experiences and what I want to continue to carry versus what I'm ready to shift out or allow to retire or like whatever you want to call it, however you want to play with it in your mind. Like those are, that's how we gently move forward or on or away or wherever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's just assume loss is a category, like is a like people have experienced loss. So on top of all the other feelings they're having with the grief and the, all of it, they let's focus on the resentment. Cause I think that's a place my pod I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. 170 something episodes in, and I haven't talked a lot about resentment. So let's say, let's start with that. Like I have a lot of resentment toward my partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And one, understandable. Uh, I was I was doing some uh, research with Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart book. It's delicious and it also pisses me off. So um, <laughs> I went there on purpose. And so when she talked about um, resentment being a part, she, when she learned that resentment was a part of envy, Uh, Uh, and how that blew her mind that is based in comparison, 
right? So we're comparing what maybe I'm going to just say our experience was with our partner's experience. And Uh, so of course they're going to be different, radically different. And like pointing, this is also sometimes a um, check-in around what's fair and And this is also a check-in around now. This isn't, this is, you know, I'm not saying that it's not true that it's unfair. I'm saying it's a, like, it's a check on, it's already a radically different experience. And there's a determination about what's fair, what they're going through versus what I'm going through. And like part of the pain piece is that we only know what we're going through. Yeah. Even if we have like, you have a dog, I have a dog. I know this because I listened to a previous like episodes. So like, your dog and my dog are probably different. Our relationships with our dogs, totally different. Yeah. Now, like you may have a soul dog right now. My dog is not a soul connection dog right now. My dog is my dog and I love her and she's my dog, but my soul connection dog was the wiener dog who was before this dog. So different, different yet again. And it's always going to be different. Now, this doesn't mean that when it comes to resentment, that that's, you know, any easier. These are all brain things like traveling down 12 to 15 inches below our neck to the heart or below our brain to the heart is where the melting actually happens. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about when you went to, um, so in that thread, there were also people who mentioned Brene's Brown work, Brene Brown's work. Um, and that underneath resentment somewhere you'd find envy and you Mm -hmm. said I love it and I don't (laughs) (laughs) and it pissed me off yeah Yeah, and it pissed me off I'm really curious (laughs) I I don't think I fully understood what in what followed after all the parts of that so maybe we didn't get why it pissed you off well I think there's like for me having a visceral response which either includes like oh that is the type of medicine for me that I have learned. Like that's the truth. Interesting. Or I have like a somatic experience of nausea. I'm like, Oh, I would like to vomit. What is going on? Cause that is for me in my body emotional. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the digestive tract other than it's a signal. Yeah. It's like, that is so true. And I hate it. Right. That is our, our, actually how I felt about my abortion. So I had mm-hmm. my abortion after three kids. I had this pregnancy that I did not expect. I knew abortion was my next step. Like mm-hmm. I knew in every cell of my body that that was true. And I hated it. <laughs> it pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that like. I don't know. When you describe that, I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt about my fortune. <laughs> right. Right. So signals are like so powerful. And, you know, it's so funny though, too, because like what we talk about is often not funny, but I'm going to not take myself seriously. I'll take the topic seriously, but not myself. And so being able to be like, oh, oh that was mine. And going ahead and be like, oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I'm still, I'm still here for it. I'm going to stay with myself for it. I'm not going to judge myself for it. These are things to learn about resentment. Now, like I would like to also chime in that there was a period of time uh, back in the early 2000s when I was early into something called a 12-step program Mm -hmm. and um, resentment was something that we worked through. And I didn't know whether or not I had resentment because I wasn't angry. Mm. wasn't safe when I was growing up to be angry, to express anger, mm. to have that feeling. So I didn't know if resentment was going to be something that was mine, mm. that I could work through on that. That's so like a little, me. like really simplified. I don't have anger, so I must not have resentment. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't know how to access it. It wasn't until I went through menopause that I was starting to get in touch with that anger. And yeah. <laughs> like the person who totally showed that to me was like, she said the word murdery. And I was like, oh yeah, there's that. 
that feeling. Yeah. So when like there's the question of, can I access it? I would present like kind of an alternative question of how can I access it? Yeah. I'm sure there are some of my listeners who have resentment and, and don't have access to it quite yet, or haven't realized that it's there, but I think there's a fair number, number of them who just straight up resent their partners. So, so for me, I had that truth moment. This is Mm -hmm. my truth and I hate it. Yes. And I followed through. So I get to heal forward knowing that I followed my truth Mm -hmm. and I still Mm -hmm. had resentment. I resented that I had to go through the grieving in a way he didn't. I had to like go through the physical experience in a way he didn't. So I still had resentment. Mm -hmm. A lot of my listeners don't have all the privileges of circumstance that I had in that story. Mm -hmm. They made a decision oftentimes to people, please a partner, like Mm -hmm. this will make him happy. Right. And now I feel terrible. Sometimes I completely regret it Mm -hmm. and I resent him for having made my life so terrible. So painful. How do we like, let's just speak to the listener who's full in that extent of it Mm -hmm. and help them melt away some of the resentment knowing that there's other listeners like me who don't have that level or that story of resentment, but they have other places. Right. Right. So I want to start offering a couple of things that could also be true. Okay. About that, because in order to sort of like, just get me to the resentment, I just want to melt it and get away. I want to also honor some of the other things that could be going on that we cover with that sort of um, really heightened, activated, mm-hmm. mad, because it feels more powerful. It feels like kind of yes. juicier and a little bit, you know, venomy. Yeah. So I want to offer that, um, you know, since loss is involved, that, hey, what is the emotional truth that also exists alongside it? Could it be, and I'm not saying it is ever, mm-hmm. but could it be, and, you know, like, try it on like a coat and then take it off. If it's not yours, that's fine. Um, Or take it off. If it is yours, that's fine too. Cause we can't do it a hundred percent every single time for 24 seven. So could it also be that there's, you know, grief of the experience? Like I missed out on this experience and I'm mad. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you took away the pointing at the partner or -hmm. pointing at the other party, if you took that away and just said, you know, I'm mad and resentful that I did not get this, that I wanted. I did not get, you know, like this little being, I did not get the future that I had envisioned. Mm -hmm. I did not get, um, you know, this relates to when we started dreaming about becoming a parent, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Could it be that you've had a relationship with the idea of parenthood since you were really little And now, like, if this was going to be your first child and you've had an abortion, like, you know, like you're, it's different. It's different for someone who's had a dream of being a parent since they're, let's say six years old versus somebody who just found out, like, it's different. This is how unique and individual grief and loss are. So coming to the emotional truth of I'm really mad, I'm really resentful, I'm friggin' bitter, I'm on fire about it. What else? What else? Like I tend to think of and imagine resentment as being something that I'm ready to say and like seethe about. Yeah. It's like a, um, sometimes in my own body, I envision it as um, like snake bite FOMO. Like I've got venom under my tongue and I'm ready to just spit it out. Yeah. Um, You know, may come out sideways and if I'm full of, if I'm hungry, angry, yeah. lonely, or tired, like it's just going to come forth. So I want to like understand where I'm coming from, but what is also my relationship to the idea of parenthood? What am I making this mean? 
why am I so upset? Like we knew we were going to have different um, experiences, me and this partner anyway. Hmm. What am I not giving myself that I need? Mm-hmm. Which could be like a fuck you medicine moment. Yeah. Why right. am I not giving <laughs> myself that I need? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I kept hearing like, if I was hearing you correctly, like resentment may be showing up as like the presenting emotion, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's underneath it? Like, is that really what we're feeling or is that the easier thing to feel? And some listeners like, it's not easy. It sucks. It totally <laughs> but, does. And it does suck, but it is actually technically easier as a human being to experience anger through resentment than it is to experience grief through loss. Right. So right. none of it's easy. No. And both of those things are mm-hmm. real. So the resentment is real. The bitterness yes. is real. The grief and loss are real. Like, what am I so mad about and what's underneath that? Yeah. What else could be true? Or yeah. if I'm staying in resentment Ooh. for a very long time, is that because I know that if I process through it, then I'll have to face what's underneath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. We're really afraid of grieving. Yeah. Like we're afraid we're not going to do it right. And we're afraid, here's the other thing, it's not going to work. When, you know, we forget that. (gasps) Oh my gosh, you need to talk about this (laughs) because there's so many people who never even hire me because they're afraid if they step into the grieving process, if they look at Mm. their sadness, if they face their feelings, they'll get stuck there Yeah, and it won't work. Like it won't result in the result they want because now they'll just be in it worse. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, yeah, I'm so, stay, stay with us, people. So, yes, I find this as well, similar to, like, if I start crying, I'm never going to stop. Yes, that's So, yeah, yeah, and this is a fear that we have in order, because our brains are on fire at the prospect anyway, and the fact is, I suspect, just try it on, that um, you're already stuck. Exactly. Dang it. Dang it. So if there was a way to um, like gently like baby step or tiny step our way into like a little shift where we could gain some momentum and try it out sort of like a little toe in the pool, if you will, Mm -hmm. so that we could start to build a little confidence, a little bit of momentum. The, The thing is like we haven't been taught to grieve or mourn or feel sad. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been, I was told to go to my room until I had a more acceptable uh, behavior to share and show. uh, And I was ready to come out with, so like I just read for a long time and buffered and soothed my feelings and stuffed them. And then I stole lots of cookies because I still felt really bad. Right. So like we have been encouraged to not feel these feelings. And so I want to share that we are a hundred percent wired for feelings, even the shitty ones. Mm -hmm. And it's a feelings job when we're like ready to feel that feeling. It's its job to go on and move away. Yeah. One other thing, like This is critically important because we in a production oriented society where like we are valued based on what we get accomplished and what we do and hurry up and like take me through the checklist. Um, I want to offer that grief, like we don't have a spreadsheet for that. We don't really have a formula for that. It's so unique and individual that we don't know how it's going to go. We also don't know how we are going to feel what? Yeah. We're just like on, on the side before we even step in, like, we're just pretty sure it's shitty and it's always going to be shitty. Like, I'm afraid that it's going to get worse, which is part of that brain thing where it's like, yeah, we're telling ourselves a story. Yeah. This actually, I just got off a client call. (laughs) Yeah. And we talked about how, when she feels sadness, Mm -hmm. Her brain says, 
if you'd kept the baby, you wouldn't feel this way. And so instead of feeling the sadness, she follows mm-hmm. that train of thought. Like if I, right. this is, I mean, my, my listeners are like, what if? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Kings yeah. and Queens of royalty. Yeah. Or of um, what ifs. Mm-hmm. So if, if I follow the, tra- instead of feeling sad, if mm-hmm. my, if I follow the train of, if I'd kept the baby, I wouldn't be sad in, I forget if you're LCS. I am. Yeah. So yeah. in the life coach school, we use the model. And so I don't use the model in every client call, but like in this call, mm-hmm. we did look at the model and she was able to see in, I could have felt the sadness I was feeling, mm-hmm. but instead I went down what if territory And then I moved into beat myself up, blame myself, tell myself I'm a complete fuck up, tell Mm -hmm. myself my life is doomed. I ruined everything. And then I end up on the bathroom floor in a fetal ball, can't stop crying. Right. So now I'm experiencing a depth of sadness that isn't even close to the initial wave that came in. And so it's so funny that this, like you said, um, you said they um, don't want to get stuck. They don't realize they're stuck already. And they think if they feel the sadness, they'll get stuck in it. And if they avoid it, they won't. And avoiding it clearly makes it so much worse. Oh my gosh. Cause <laughs> it's, there's the distinction between like clean grief and dirty grief or clean pain and dirty yeah, pain. Exactly. Simone Zola went through that in a beautiful um, episode. Please refer to that because she does yes. it so beautifully. Um, but like having the judgment on top of it, like it's so funny, we humans, because for me, when I did that, and sometimes when I still do it, because, oh, the humanity is right here and happening in this body. Like, I, I think that if I just pile on a whole bunch more bad feeling, then I'm going to get rid of the bad feeling and I'm going to get ahead of it. And that's yeah. not it. That's not it. I'm actually not feeling the feeling at all. I'm feeling something else entirely because I'm resisting it. Yeah. Or I'm piling on a beat down, which is not this feeling of sadness. It is the feeling of judgment with the activities of like, you know, squirmy, crappy thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not feeling it at all. And this is a distinction that is difficult to make because it also feels bad. Isn't it like, isn't it bad? Yes, it is bad, but it Mm -hmm. is not about the abortion or it is not about that future or it is not about that possibility. Mm -hmm. People grieve um, things like that they wanted, they wanted them to be different. They wanted them to be better. They wanted something to be more. And this can also be part of what builds into resentment is wanting, you know, different or better or more hopes, dreams. And that's where we get into the envy and the comparison like angle of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a distraction is resentment and it sometimes is not a distraction. So really being clear about it because it's a slippery little fish. Like, like, okay, what am I talking about? For me, in my resentments, in my experiences, I resented, like I was really upset with myself for having made the choice that I made that was against what I wanted Mm -hmm. because hands up people pleaser right here. So Like, okay, I was taught that and I went against myself in what I desired and what I wanted. And so how much of this am I resenting that is my choice? Shit. Yeah, totally want to vomit in my mouth. Right. Yeah. And it's painful. This is also the part that is like, okay, now, now what do I do with this? What do I care for? me as a person. So one, like I can move forward and start to begin to identify signs of life that I want without judgment of myself. Mm -hmm. There was something, and I want to share this because I had a call yesterday with somebody. um, We go through layers of losses in my work. Uh And we had been through like the initial biggest layer um, 
the the week before. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, has anything else come up? Because when we move um, our emotions and we shift and we start to melt some of them away, other memories come up because it's kind of like boulder moving. You know, once you move one, there's room for like a boulder or a rock to sort of like come up again or show up again. And she mentioned, you know, I totally forgot. And this is God's honest truth. It's so funny. Um, she said, I totally forgot that when I was this age, I had an abortion. This is just yesterday. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh shoot timing. Really? And so just like letting that be her life experience is, is really what that is. That's all that is. It's a life experience. Mm-hmm. And it caused some emotions and she had forgotten about it for decades mm-hmm. because she went through the entire first layer of losses as, you know, like the big ones that were pressing on her right now was not her abortion. Right. And so that can happen. I really only want to offer that as a, like a means of, yeah, what if it didn't take up like all of your day or your 70% of 35 years? Right. Like, cause it's, it is a stuck place. And so that's where, when we get better and better at processing, feeling, moving through loss as it comes, it doesn't stack up in those layers. The same Exactly. Way. Right. She didn't even know that was in the layers. Yeah. She yeah. just remembered she had one. Yeah. What? Yeah, totally. Okay. So go back to that moment where you've people pleased made this decision Mm -hmm. or feeling resentful or blaming Mm -hmm. that partner or the mother who said you need to get an abortion or whatever it is, the the priest, it doesn't matter. Um, You're feeling that resentment. And then you notice that moment where you did have choice. Mm -hmm. Hard moments, hard moments. So like, I'll, I'm not going to say allowing it. I'm going to say being with it. Mm-hmm. It happened. And like, how can I talk to myself about it in a way that is present and real, but is not a beat down? This is where when I comes in. Yeah. acknowledge that choice was there. Mm-hmm. even though in the moment it didn't feel like a choice Did and not. that's real and true in the moment 100%. it doesn't feel like a choice mm-hmm. but when I can look back and recognize along the way I had there were some choices I made that led me to that yeah. I have a formula not really a formula it's a fractional if you will. Uh, and this is about taking responsibility. So even though, and I, I really want to honor that, like what you said about it feeling so real that I didn't have a choice. A hundred percent. Oh my God. Yeah. If there is, cause there's also the time situation and the timing, right? So like, it may feel like I, I had nothing. I had no, I had to only do this. So I want to say, cause it's already hard enough. If it's possible to take 1% responsibility for the choices you did have, what Mm -hmm. if that was enough to Mm -hmm. feel a little bit better and to let yourself melt some of the resentments that that are there? Exactly. If 1% feels like too much, because it has for me, I've done some field research around playing with 0.000. 04% still enough to work with. Yeah. What was when the time? I mm-hmm. let myself be in that 1%, that 0.0004%, whatever you said, mm-hmm. when I take back that amount of responsibility, I take back that some power. Hundred percent. When I take back power, mm-hmm. the resentment starts to shift. You have something to work with. Yeah, that was mine. That was mine. Mm-hmm. I did it. I don't love it. Don't have to love it. And I chose it. 
I didn't know I would feel this way. I didn't know I'd be scared of this. I didn't know I'd be resentful of him or her mm-hmm. or them. I didn't know. And it's spot on that you wouldn't. So when I did it, I don't love it. Now I believe it was a mistake. I regret mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. How do we start taking our power back? Yeah, well, you can like regret. And part of it, I, I'm guessing since you're LCS, you're also one who's like, let's feel the feelings. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and have it. But like, let's also make the decision before we even start that whatever's ready to let go can go forever. Because making, you know, some choices, and this may sound really hard for some of your listeners. So making a choice about not shaming yourself or not um, judging yourself or not, you know, for people pleasing or for making whatever choice, any choice, mm-hmm. making that decision is still a practice. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, but it's gone now. What if it, like, what if it feels less? I had a client who was shocked and didn't really know what to do when she stopped crying every day after the Mm -hmm. death of her father. Mm -hmm. It was foreign. And so you're stepping into a whole new life when you do this. This is also how, like, resentment and fear and these negative grief and loss, like they keep us very contained inside of a life that is much smaller. Yeah. But a little at a time can totally happen. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent out the gate. You don't have to publish your first draft. You do not like, wow. Okay. If I'm willing for like Mm -hmm. 1%, how can I bring myself and be with myself to a place of 1% better or 1% like take like can I take a break from this for a few minutes I offer this to my grief clients a lot around like we need to take a break like do something frivolous that is not um sort of like trying to bat away a feeling but to intentionally like frivol to intentionally like go be silly or like get the biggest hot chocolate you can and just keep putting the whipped cream on as you drink it down like whatever that needs to be that can be a break and then rest because I imagine that with all of those thoughts and feelings going on that um exhaustion might be part of the makeup for clients of yours yeah. I'm asking because I don't know. Yes, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So trying to so, make sense of it, trying to figure it out. Yeah. Absolutely exhausting. So I don't have the power to change the decision. That is outside the power I have as a human. After. I do have the power to. Mm-hmm. What 1% of my power can I take back? Mm-hmm. What about the listener who's like, well, that's dumb. 1% is not enough. 0% is less. (laughs) 0% is right exactly where you are and how long do you want to be there? Totally. What's that book? um, It shows up a lot in like the network marketing world, probably in the entrepreneurial world too, but less um, a slight edge. Have you seen that book? I don't know it. Mm -mm. It's, it's called a slight edge and it's basically like, you know, we think we want these, like, well, I want a, I want an 80%. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. I don't want 1%. I want a hundred percent. I don't want 1%. And I want to run now. Yeah. Yeah. And the slight edge is like, you're always on a slight edge. Mm -hmm. You're either on a slight edge in a our human brains like to think of it as like a downward direction right or an upward direction one mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. is happening whether you like it or not right. and so you're either on the edge of one percent less joy mm-hmm. and less joy and less joy and less joy mm-hmm. or the one percent more joy more peace, 1% more compassion. And so 
you're never, it's never straight. You're either 1% up or 1% down. And if you keep making 1% up, where do you mm-hmm. land? You land at 80, 100. Right. Well, and unpracticed can like half a percent or 1% be enough to sort of like see how you make some progress. Like try, like being present to what the result is. Is this feeling better? Is, you know, cause like unpracticed yeah. it's unknown. Mm-hmm. So like, what if like in the future, it's like 4% better. And that's like a major spike depending on the graph you're looking at. Right. So like, what if it's a practice and what if these are skills and what if a little bit of presence and intentionality toward feeling better or toward and the bigger percentages can be really scary. Oh my gosh. I yeah. know just in my business, I had a, you know, if you looked at percentages, the percentage of clients I have just increased dramatically, which means the percentage of income I cre- created increased dramatically. And that's what I've been going for all along, but it happened so quickly that I was like, uh, <laughs> this is scary. Maybe the 1% was better. Now, I mean, it's there's here. no, there's no rules, but all I'm saying mm-hmm. is we make these assumptions in our head that I want to go from feeling terrible to feeling great. That's not always what actually feels good as a human, like the mm-hmm. big drastic leaps of like, I'm taking my power back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's too much. We just got to take that 1% of power back Yeah, and then we can integrate and mm-hmm. another 1% and integrate. Mm-hmm normalize yeah Yeah, this is how I do it actually I'm I'm kind of done feeling this bad yeah and there there may be some back and forth around like here's another thing about grief and loss for those who are really scared of the prospect like we think that if we ever have a bad feeling again that we've lost um our progress and no actually you've got muscles built Like you have gained endurance and stamina, you have withstood, you have like also like been with a feeling until it's really gone. And like, it's just another feeling that is happening as a response. Yeah. It's another one. It doesn't mean, you know, like, wow. Okay. Well, do you have a different thought that's coming up? Do you have a different experience coming up? Is there a fear coming up? Like, is there a memory coming up? Um, anniversary dates might be something that is big one for really me. important. Oh, yeah. Really big. Really yeah. big. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I know we've only scratched the surface, but we have talked about a lot of really, really juicy stuff. Somebody can take away one little thing and change their life. But I do want to move to like, Oh, there's something I just feel like I need to ask you. Mm-hmm. So like, don't want to add more, but I want to add more. <laughs> Let's do it. What is it? Okay. So I have a lot of resentment. Mm-hmm. I hear everything you've been telling me for 40 minutes about my self-responsibility and like understanding what's happening and really digesting what are the real, what are the feelings happening? All of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do about my partner? Do oh, I do I do all the work that you're telling me on my own, or do I get him in here to do some of this work with me because this isn't just mine? And do I still get to yell at him? Do I still right like? Oh, <laughs> there's the, yeah, there's a piece of the puzzle mad. that's yeah. my responsibility, mm-hmm. but I still mm-hmm. live with this other human who I'm a little bit pissed at. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it would be possible if someone would be willing to go ahead and practice first with the 1% for a little while and see if feeling better sort of brings about, because remember, it's about comparison, right? He didn't have to do this. They didn't have to go through this. Okay. What do I need to take care of myself? Because he's not going to understand it. They're not going to understand it. They don't have that experience. Yeah. They don't have it. They were never going to have it. Yeah. So, you know, like, do I want to be bitter 
toward my partner? Maybe you do. Maybe I maybe, do. Maybe you don't. That's okay. Yeah. Like you can be better. Totally. And like, wow. How do you want to express that? Do you want to spread it? Express it as a dart, like of words, or do you want to express it as like from a space of fuck? I'm just really struggling because I'm so mad. Yeah. I'm so mad and I'm sad. And I've had to go through a lot of things that have turned up other things that I didn't know was part of this. This is crap. Yes. And this is not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, is there a fear of if you tell the partner that this is not what you wanted, that that relationship is done? Maybe. How do you want to do that? How do you want to be a partner? How do you want to show up? How do you want to express yourself? Sometimes you do want to throw some like word darts for sure. That's got its own dynamic. That's got its own trajectory and outcome. You'll have a result. You can't make a mistake. Yeah. But you can have all the experience. Yeah. (sighs) That may not be what somebody was hoping I would say. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was working with um, one of my favorite people, still one of my favorite people. She does plant spirit medicine, Mm -hmm. um, which is a form of like energetic healing using the plants to to facilitate even greater healing. And I loved learning and watching from her that when I did the work when I went to the session, when I received the energetic shifts, Mm -hmm. they would automatically ripple down to my family. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I would watch it happen week after week after week. And it just was so true. Like I showed up and received the treatment. Mm -hmm. My whole family received the treatment. And any of this emotional, mental, emotional work is the same. Well, and what if it's not about your family or your partner or the mother-in-law or the mother? What if it's not about them at all? And so I love what you're saying about doing what needs to be done to receive versus I have to do all the work because you're just totally, you know, it's a truck dump of crap I have to do all the work like yeah ow no one wants to sign up for that that sounds like not delicious I would just curiously watch and be like huh when I feel a little less resentment Mm -hmm. my relationship shifts a little bit more yeah Did you find that like it kind of snuck up on you that resentment was lessening when you went through that work? If I think back to my own abortion, there was a lot of envy in comparison leading to the resentment Mm -hmm. um, for sure. A lot of it's not fair. Um, and the more, the more I worked with the grief, it just not, yeah, it just naturally shifted, but also, um, shoot, I just had like, I just had like my own little aha and then I lost Mm. it. (laughs) The more I worked with the grief, um, But even more than this wasn't it, but even more than the grief, the more I just accepted and got interested about self-responsibility and it at all, like the more it shifted, it felt like, ooh, I get to Mm -hmm. be responsible for what my life looks like. Not I have to be responsible Mm -hmm. for what my life looks like. Right. I get to because it actually works. So 
Oh, that's so fascinating how quickly I lost that aha moment. I'm st- it's going to strike me <laughs> later. I'm really like, that was it. <laughs> I'm so excited for it to come back to you. It's really interesting because I have done so much work around, like, I almost never think about my mm-hmm. own abortion. So I don't have a lot of those aha moments. And like, that was one of them where I was like, oh, I just broke through another layer. I didn't know it was there. <laughs> And then I forgot about it. But here's the thing. I'm just going to assume that I did break through it and I don't have to remember what it was for Mm -hmm. it to have been released in that moment. Yeah. You can like, I hear from my, uh, one of my other coaches, Serena Hicks, and she like highly advises like dancing it out or shaking it out or like whatever residual is there in order to, um, sometimes my imagination, I go to the Harry Potter series um, where the evil villain does what he does. And I imagine that, um, Mm -hmm. sort of happening for negative feelings. I actually just noticed myself take a sip and in energetic work or even massage, like anyone who's had a massage or done any kind of energetic work, they tell you to hydrate a lot Mm -hmm. and I noticed myself reach to hydrate because even though I don't maybe can't remember what I let go of in that moment I know instinctively that I want to flush it out like yeah people probably think I'm an absolute nut at this point which is fine totally fine (laughs) we have powerful imaginations and we have powerful hearts and so like it's okay if you can't linearly or logistically or linguistically name it like no I just know it's gone the end yeah yeah I'm gonna go keep hydrating flush it out Mm -hmm. um this like everything in my work is just there's no end to the conversation because we're always just particularly around abortion we're just scratching the surface Mm because it's all so there's so few of us talking about it in these ways that like we can never answer everyone's exact situation. Like, this is why it's really helpful to talk to somebody one-on-one and be like, well, yeah, but what's happening in my life? (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. It is that personal. Yeah. We have just scratched a surface here. Thank you for inviting me to scratch the surface. Yeah. Yeah. I really am honored and appreciate it. Yeah. If somebody wanted to keep following you or to, they know how to find me, they know how mm-hmm. to continue working with me, but how would they find you? How would they access well, if, your, more of your work? Thank you. Um, head on over to the heart healing from loss podcast. What? I know like that's an option. Heart healing from loss. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's it's great. such a pleasure, Amanda. Thank you. And thanks everybody. Uh, until the next one. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.